from. And I was like, man, I, I, I want to train. There was this desire to want to train, but never really pulled the trigger. And, um, also, and then after I got uh, a family, you know, I've got a wife and I've got two kids in my mind, I'm like, you know, I, I need to be equipped to, to be able to protect myself or my family. And so, um, there was, a uh, uh, so as soon as I, um, before I moved to Rochester three years ago, I was, uh, like the, I was looking, scouting for, for gyms to train at. And I, um, I landed at empire and, um, man, I, I, I really wanted to do jujitsu and the, the first class that I ever went to was a Friday night. And on Friday nights, um, it's a, it's pretty uh, chill class coach Wally. Um, it, he does, uh, rounds with, uh, with individuals, uh, holding the mitch for them. And as soon as I threw that first jab, um, I was like, Oh my word. I felt, I fell in love, man. It was just the, the passion just kicked in from there. And, um, it's, it just never died, man. It just, uh, it just keeps growing and growing, um, studying fighters and just looking for ways to, uh, develop my game. And so that's really how, um, I, the, the passion started, man. Uh, just so uh, you know, we just kicked in live a minute, 25 seconds ago. So, uh, the last part you just said, we missed the opening part. So that <laughs> yeah. was my fault. I'm uh, pretty bad with this new technology, but but we're rolling live now. Sorry, guys, if you just jumped in and we're talking in the middle. We started out. We talked about Dennis's fight, like what a good job he did, what it's like to fight in your first fight. So uh, you want to just recap that real quick, Dennis? Yeah. So um, the uh, going into that first fight, it was uh, it was an amazing experience, um, and uh, but really couldn't fight my game and had to um, fight in the moment. Uh, doing what I, I like just really knew in the moment. And, um, it had a, I fought a, a pretty, uh, a very worthy uh, opponent, man. Uh, Jake was a dog. Um, and I, he's a, he's a young guy. He's got 16 years on me, man. I'm 37 years old. My, my coaches honestly were like, we don't know. You know, at first they were like, when I first told them that I, I wanted to fight, they were like, you know, we're going to try to get you somebody close to your age. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, coach, you know, I, I fight with dogs already at, at the gym on, on Thursdays. And I was like, I think I got this. And uh, finally, they were like, you know, you're not getting any younger. We'll, we'll give you this chance. If you want to fight this 21-year-old, you can go in there. And um, and so got in there, worthy guy, strong guy, uh, pressure fighter. And I think we we both uh, put on a pretty good performance for uh, because it was both our debut fights. And um uh, he had a, it, it, was, it was a great fight. Great first experience. Yeah. Even his muscles had muscles. Yo, like that yeah, he's so big. Yeah, nice. He did this double bicep. I was like, Oh damn. <laughs> yeah, guy looked like a, a Greek God. <laughs> I know, for real. Like, uh, like a Spartan for real, man. Um, and, um, uh, I, I didn't really like it. He didn't seem that tall. Like he was taller than me. It, it felt like it at, at uh, the weigh-ins. But when we were in the actual, in the cage, I was like, man, this guy, did, did he grow a little taller? over <laughs> It just really like just uh, was was uh, apparent that uh, the height difference. Yeah, I like how you uh, your strategy moved ahead, slip, and hit him with the right hand. I so like yeah that that slip. I um, Liam Anderson uh, like just uh, a few months ago uh, last year, sometime last year, uh, I asked him for some tips, and he just w was were working on um, working the the slip because I asked him uh, like, dude. Uh, uh, after our sparring session, like, how do I get in on uh, on taller guys? And so he gave me the strategy, really, to beat him. And it's not that I ever will, though. That dude's a beast. Uh, but he gave me some pointers and and uh, taught me how to to really just work on my slips. Um, and I've been trying to work on that the last few months. Liam Anderson's a great pro. He uh, he fought Keith Ferrant uh, a while ago for uh, for a title, and uh, he stopped Keith pretty quick. Was that and, uh, was that? That was a title fight with Keith. I'm pretty sure it was a title fight. Uh, they were both amateurs, um, so um, I don't know. I think it was. Yeah. Stop clicking that, Ray. Is that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Damn, Ray. Damn's like spamming us. <laughs> I'm gonna put you back to co-host. I'm gonna stop letting you run everything. Yeah. So him and uh, him and Liam had a great fight too. Like I, I cornered Keith for that fight. So Liam's a, like a hell of an athlete, man. Like man, he's something else and your other teammate uh nick walker we threw him some love too make sure that we throw him some love on this podcast now he um he stopped gabe Ve stopped gabe vega one of the ko kings the k4 so 
that's a super impressive win just on its own there. Gabe yeah, came I'm definitely out. impressed with him. Yeah, he Gabe came at him like strong, like just uh very like just the pressure was from the get go was right there. And uh, but I've trained with Nick, man. The dude's just composed. If you get to know Nick, he he's a thinker. Um, I watched that podcast with you, with you and Gabe and, yeah. uh, and uh, the whole thing, Gabe uh, sounded like he was, he was also like a strategist and, and a very like mindful guy of, of the fight game in uh, not just um, studying the fight game, but actually in, in, in the ring, because he said um, he was setting up that knockout. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, but, but Nick's also a, a very calculated guy. And so I, I just, I, I knew that he could he could work well, fight well, even under the pressure. Um, and uh, great fight, dude. Great. That was another fight with a huge height disparity. Yeah. It was like so much taller. Like Gabe almost had to press the action. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes I almost feel guilty as like a host and a hype guy, and I hype up all these shows, and I'm like, oh, he's the KO king, man. He's going to get a knockout. And sometimes you're like, man, maybe to hype this guy up too much, and he's looking for a knockout instead of really like trying to do what he's supposed to do. So uh, Nick Walker's just uh, – he's happy we're giving him some love here. He uh, he <laughs> the prayer sign, right? So, uh, um, like, hopefully we didn't uh, psych out Gabe and make him headhunt a little bit more than he normally would. But sometimes that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's loving you, see? Yeah. on the rise. Let's go, Dennis. Hey, that's, that's, that's another reason why. Uh, man, I wouldn't have taken this fight um, or even considered getting into the cage if it wasn't for my team. Oh my goodness. Um, just the camaraderie that we have at empire, um, is, uh, just, there's a, a group of guys that I've really, uh, bonded with and we don't just, uh, do the play game. We really do life together, man. We've got a group chat going where we, we talk about life. We're there for each other. And, uh, we, we talk about how we can excel in, in, in the ring, but also in life. So if I didn't have that support network, man, I would not have pursued this. Um, my team has been very vital in in my progress and my growth in the fight game, man. I love those guys so much. Do you think being religious really like makes that camaraderie a little bit tighter? Do you guys like pray together and stuff, or, or like well, how does your team team go? Not necessarily. Like so, for me, um, it, it's it's weird because like I've I've um, well, early on, when when I was a uh, uh, when I became a, a Christian, I was pretty uh, aggressive with my faith, man. Um, I'm telling everybody about Jesus, and uh, my parents trying to uh, throw it down my uh, shove it down my dad's throat and everything. And now I found like um, I uh, I'm a lot more calm with with the, with my approach to to sharing my faith. Um, and, um, like everybody at the gym pretty much knows what I, uh, what I stand for, my beliefs. They, they know that I'm a pastor. Um, but it, it's, it's not as apparent in the sense that like I shove it down everybody's throat because I, I just wait for opportunities and doors to open to where people open themselves up or make themselves available for me to, to like speak, you know, um, if somebody's going through depression. You know, I deal with depression myself and I share how my faith informs my uh, my experience and how I get through those things. And so um, guys reach out to me um, because they they uh, they know what I am and uh, what I stand for. Um, and so um, it's uh, it's not it's it's a lot different now with how I uh, interact with uh, with with people and, and, and faith. You know, it's not like just this. uh just shoving it down people's throat, man. It's, it's more like I build a relationship with people and, um, even, uh, and, and so they, they, um, uh, when, when opportunities open, you know, um, I, 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 I share and, um, even with people of other faiths, man, um, I, I love to dialogue with, uh, people that have different views in me. There's a, there's a, a brother at, uh, at empire, he, Abdullah, he's, he's a Muslim and we've had coffee together We've hit each other in the face on Thursday night sparring, but we've also um, had a coffee together where we share uh, our, our worldviews and we've asked questions. We, it, it, seeking to understand other people is, is key and vital, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I, I think that people need to understand that it's okay to disagree, right? <laughs> and um, we can disagree to disagree and still love each other. And For sure. Yeah, so that, that's been uh, that's been super cool. Um, but yeah, with that that um, that tight knit group, um, we're uh, 
I think um, I, I, I bring value with my faith, but uh, my, my friends also bring value to me, even though they're not Christians, uh, because they love on me in certain ways. And so um, I, I think just the, the camaraderie, uh, the, that openness and uh, vulnerability, transparency and being there for one another is really what, what holds that, that group together. So your group is tight, like you said. Did you feel that when you came back in from the first round? Did that kind of recenter you? Because it looked like you came out a lot better in the second and third rounds and got stronger as the, the fight went on. Did, did your corner help, or was it just getting acclimated to the cage? Or, or what was uh, – why, why did your performance continue to get better each round? Uh, I Well, so uh, that first round, I was just trying to figure everything out. Um, and when um, – I, I was thinking in my head, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch uh, touch gloves with Jake, and uh, dude just came at me, and I was like, my my my, my coach said, Coach Chris was like, you got to be careful, man. Some guys touch up and, and try to uh, like just uh, get a sneak shot in, and so be careful, keep your guard up. Jake didn't do that; he was just a dog, man. And so um, the, I was trying to figure him out the um, and uh, and his style and what he was gonna bring, and so that that first one was just uh, kind of just feeling him out. And, uh, and, and here's the thing, I've, cause I've, I've watched so many amateur fights and guys, uh, uh debuting and, um, and the reason why I stayed calm that first round, because, uh, typically what I've seen in, in guys that debut is they like, they, they empty the, their gas tank in the first round. I'm like, what just happened? Second, third, <laughs> like they, they might not even make it to the, the third round. Or if they do like second round and third round, they're gassed out because they, they emptied their tank. And so, uh, that first round I was just trying to, all right, let me, let me figure this out. Let me, let me, uh, get, uh, let me get comfortable and whatnot. And, um, and that first round, I was just like, man, I got, I got to fight on my back foot the entire, the, the entire time. I, I try, like I said, I tried to press in, press forward a few times, but he held his ground. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, this is, this is how I'm going to fight my game. Um, and just pretty much defending my castle, you know, uh, guys coming in. All right. I, I gotta, I gotta defend my castle with, uh, pretty much that cross. I'm just, uh, kind of bummed out that, um, I, I didn't follow up that cross with a hook, man. <laughs> I was in single shots, man. And, uh, I, I, I missed that opportunity, but, but then again, it was just like, uh, I, there was a few times where I tried and uh, I, uh, I missed, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, just trying to figure everything out. And then, uh, that that second uh, second and third round, I would just like, all right, I just tried to um, amped up my my volume a little bit, you know. I I felt comfortable uh, when when he hit me because he got me with a couple good shots, um, and um, and so I just tried to amp up the volume like second and third round. I'm glad no one muscle like that ever hit me. I'd be like, his <laughs> muscles that muscles, man. He's such a big guy. Um, Let's uh let's get into why we really brought you on, man. You have such a great story, and uh, you went from kind of a criminal past into finding Jesus. So, can you kind of walk us through that? And that's like, this is such a good story, man. And like I talked with Keith, and Keith is a real religious guy as well. And uh, like they were telling us, oh, don't let him on the mic. Like don't let people on the mic. We gotta hurry up and get through the show. But uh, I know what you went through, and uh, I wanted to make sure that you got some mic time so you could tell the crowd that was there and. I'm man that Ben shared the story with me. Like he, he did that like little sit down with you or whatever. And you guys talked about this, but uh, I want, I want to put this out there so like people can see what can really happen and how you can change people's lives. And then maybe tell us what you're doing to help the community a little bit too. Absolutely, man. I'd love to, to, to do both of that. Um, so I, I was, uh, I was born in the Philippines um, and um, in, in, in the hood, man, in the ghetto. And uh, that really, um, I, I just was processing my whole experience, my, my life and, and why. Um, and I sh um, and that's important because um, like I never like really growing up, I held on to that identity of even though I was so young, I left when I was five. Um, just knowing that experience living in a very I'm, this is my basement right now. I'm in my basement now, but like living in a very small room with my family, that's, that's, that's how it was growing up. And, uh, and, and I just kept uh, that experience with me, um, where, uh, my relatives just, uh, like just working for a few, like if you compare it to, to, to dollars, working for a few dollars a day, like working their butts off and that whole experience of coming from poverty. And then, um, and then, uh, just, uh, just living on, just like that street life, just, I, uh, 
it, it informed my identity. And, um, and then when I moved to the States, uh, we, um, uh, we were in San Diego in 91 and, uh, we were there for six months and then moved to Japan for six years. Um, and, uh, my dad was in, like I said, he was in the Navy and, um, and then just growing up as a kid, bro, I was, I was, I'm not proud of my experience and, and just the, 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 the choices that I made. Um, I, I, I was a bully man. Uh, in, in, in elementary school, I would pick on, uh, kids with special, uh, pick, uh, I'd bully people with, uh, with special needs and just a- anybody. Right. Because, and, and as I, um, <laughs> as I, <laughs> as I, hey guys, seven, six, five guys. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and, and I, 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 um, I, I love to reflect on my experience and, and really try to understand myself and, and where I came from. And when when I think about like when I, I was talking about this with with uh, some people a, a while back, and and I said, man, I, I just fed off of being this attention by being a bully, being liked. I was like, yeah. I, and looking back, I didn't know it, but I was like, um, the 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 choices that I made, picking on people, uh, playing, being the tough guy. Being the class clown, uh, I saw that people were attracted to that, or I got attention from that, and um, and so that that was my life. Just uh, elementary school, and then uh, we moved to we moved back to Cali in '97. Um, That's when I started uh, living on base in, in Japan. You didn't really have access to drugs or any of that stuff, um, but when we moved to Cali, um, I was in the seventh grade. And um, that's when I started uh, to be exposed to, to drugs, got uh, started to get high, lived the party life. Um, and um, and then in high school, in, in, uh, as a sophomore, I caught my first case. I got caught with an ounce of weed. Um, and um, like we were right around the corner from my house. Me and my boy were smoking and uh, caught a case and uh, did, did some time in juvie for that. And uh, as time progressed in in high school, uh, also got involved with with uh, heavier drugs. Started using ecstasy um, and started using uh, methamphetamines. And there were four times that I remember, bro. I I, I should have died, man, because uh, I like I I felt like I was gonna overdose. Uh, I was at a house party. I was at a club, and I tell uh, my I I would uh, tell my friends like I don't even want to go to sleep right now. Because I feel like if I go to bed right now, I'm not going to wake up. My heart was racing so bad from from those four experiences. I remember it so clearly in my in my head, man. It's so vivid still, where I had those near death experiences with drugs, and um, and then got involved with uh, with gangs really, and uh, like towards uh, the tail end of high school. Uh, initially, it was a, a gang in in, uh, in, my, in the town that I lived in, a group of friends that uh, I, I just hung out with. We just got into so many trouble, fighting people. Um, and um, I think it was uh, towards uh, the and uh, like right after high school, uh, one of my one of our friends, he had an uncle that was involved with the triads. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with triads, that's like the Chinese version of the mob, the mafia. Yeah. So, organized crime and uh um there's there's like there's there's rules and uh and so we got connected uh uh initially my friends i didn't want to do that Uh, i was like you know let's 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 do our own thing we don't need to get involved in that but uh slowly and and but surely everybody started trickling into um into that lifestyle and uh or into into that group um this is actually the the tattoo uh uh is uh is a, is a tattoo from that gang. And, um, um, and so, uh, once all my friends joined, I was like, that's my family. And that's one of the selling points of gangs, man. Um, they, they, uh, they, uh, it, you, you feel like you're attracted to because there's that familial, uh, aspect of like, I'm a ride or die for you. I got your back. Um, we're your homies. And, uh, and so when, when they joined, I was like, this is my family. I'm gonna go with them. Right. And um, and so uh, I did that. uh, And um, what's crazy is I don't have it with me. It's actually upstairs. I'm not going to go get it right now. There was a a close friend of mine. Uh, He's locked up right now. And uh, I was uh, 
um, uh, I was really like sticking close to him, and because he was he was a uh, he was making he was climbing his way to the top, and um, he eventually became uh, uh, he he eventually made it to the top, and when you get to the top, you like you got boss status in China. In, in the Chinese gang is called Dai Lo, uh, Big Brother, right? Uh, when you make it, when, when you call the shots, you got people under you. You're making money, and um, he ended up. Uh, he's locked up right now, man. He's uh, um, and he's looking at life in prison right now for two attempted murder charges, conspiracy to murder charges. And um, I was just following him around, man. And uh, uh, and uh, um, uh, eventually, like he gets hemped up. Like he he was actually in uh, in, uh, in in California. Tried to he 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 tried to hide out in, in Chicago. Feds found him and uh, apprehended him, took him back to Cali. And um, but yeah, that was that was my lifetime, man. I wanted to be at that status. He actually made it to the top, and um, and uh, and now he's locked up, possibly looking at life in prison. And it's like you and uh, I, I've uh, after I became a believer, I, uh, I I tried to reach out to him several times, be like, yo, you can turn your life around, um, and. Um, but in 2007, I caught, I, I caught a gun charge, man. And the crazy thing is that gun charge had nothing to do with the streets, man. It, had, it was not gang related. Um, it was, it was, it was girl related. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm for girls, man. Like, no matter what you do, they're going to get you in trouble whether you're straight, like, you was a gang, whatever. The girls always be one to get you in trouble. It was, oh, yeah. It was so bad, though. Um, I was I was dating this girl, um, and uh, she was she was a part of the uh, the crowd that I ran with, and um, uh, she was with somebody. She was actually married at at the time, and um, she was talking about how uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna leave him, and uh, we're, we're gonna be together. And then um, like towards the tail end of that relationship, she was like, you know, um, kind of getting cold feet. And uh, one night, one of my little homies, we were just in my garage, and uh, I was like, yo. Um, go grab me a a bottle of Jose uh, Cuervo from from the the store, and so he stole a bottle from me. We went back to my house, we got drunk, and, and then I said, "Let's let's go to her house. I'm gonna go talk to her uh, to her husband." So I went to I went to um, her uh, to her house to her apartment, and I I, I, I get through the the I, I enter the backyard with 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 uh, my pistol. And, um, and I'm calling him, uh, calling her phone. I'm like, yo, tell your husband to come out. I'm going to go talk to him. And, um, I, I was in the backyard. I was stupid drunk. And, um, uh, he, after like 30 minutes, uh, he wouldn't come out. Um, I, there, I actually shot, um, uh, I fired a shot accidentally. And, uh, and so he was not coming out. Um, and, uh, and so on my way out, though, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm, I'm acting a fool right now. As soon as I open that gate, my, um, so let's say that this is, uh, this is uh, the, the gate to, to the backyard. I, and my car is that way. So I open the gate to the backyard and I uh, immediately turn this way. And as I turn that way, uh, I'm facing this way. I, I hear uh, freeze, motherfucker, uh, put, put your uh, effing gun down. And I, there's a patrol car with three cops, and and their guns are drawn on me, and um and I I'm like I'm gonna die. They're gonna shoot me right now. I'm like I'm just like just uh, uh stuck. And this the the crazy thing about this is that I'm facing this way, but the cops are that way, and I do put my gun down, but I, I put it down with the motion like I'm gonna draw on them, which is crazy. And looking back at the whole experience, I'm like, man, God had my back even then, because they. I, I talked to some some of my friends now that that are cops, retired cops. I'm like, yeah, what would you have done? They were like, I, I would have been justified to shoot you because I felt like it, like you you look like you were gonna shoot and draw on us, and um, but um, by God's grace, man, they they didn't shoot. I put my gun down, um, and I remember that night uh, in, in my jail cell. I was I was crying, man. I was like, my life is over. This is it. And um, uh, and, and the the entire time I was getting ready for uh, for prison life, and um, my 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 boys would come and visit me, and I'd ask them like, what do I do? What happens when I get locked up uh, over here? What, what's the major prison here? You guys guys have like Rikers Island, right? Yeah. Uh, 
over where uh, where I'm from, like the major prison in our area would would be um, San Quentin in uh, in Oakland in the the Bay Area. And I'm like, man, what do I do? Who do I connect with? And they were just telling me, like, when you get in there, you're good. We got people mm-hmm. in there. And um, and so I was like, this is it, man. This is my life. Uh, and um, but I I um, when I was locked up in county for six months, the first couple of weeks, I started attending these Bible studies. And um, I, I actually went for the wrong reasons. I was uh, I was raised a Catholic, man, Roman Catholic. And I'm like, I should go. It's a Catholic thing to do. And I get an extra hour out of my jail cell. Uh, so I'm going to go to these Bible studies. And um, when when I started attending these Bible studies, man, uh, something happened, man. I it just started to um, take it seriously. I, I had this desire to want to turn my life around. Um, uh, because it, uh, back, backtrack just a, a few weeks before that happened, my, uh, my boys w- from the gang would come visit me and there was some stuff happening with, uh, with one of our homies. He was being shady with the drug money and, uh, they would tell me like, yeah, so-and-so is being shady with the drug money. And I said, wait, wait till I get, uh, I get out. We'll situate things with the OGs back in Oakland. And, um, but after I started attending these Bible studies, um, like I said, something happened, man, something changed. Uh, my, the, the direction of my life went from wanting to, to live the street life to wanting to follow Jesus. And so when, after that experience happened, my friends from the gang would come visit me and I'd tell them like, y'all, y'all need to go to church and read your Bibles, man. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then they were just like, what's going on? Who the heck are you? Right. Uh, <laughs> And I remember my dad as well coming to visit me and uh, he, he's a retired Navy guy, right? Very stern asking me, Mike, Dennis, what are you going to do when you get out of jail? What are you going to do with work, uh, with uh, school and everything? And I said, dad, don't worry about any of that, man. God's going to take care of all of that. Uh, dad, you need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. And <laughs> he was like, what is going on, man? Um, but that's really where my life, uh, turned around, man. Uh, the, the Lord really transformed my life. Uh, it, it was, uh, like just an awakening. Uh, it, I can't explain it other than, um, uh, something that really, uh, God did for me, changed my whole life, man, turned my life around, changed my heart from the inside out. Because before I went to jail, there were times I remember in my addiction, I tried to change. I tried to turn my life around. I would get clean for, for a few months or whatnot, but I get back into it, whether it was drinking and, um, whatever it was, man. And, but, uh, but I couldn't escape it. I was, I was still like, I felt like I was, uh, ch- uh shackled in, in, in the, the chains of addiction and a change of the street life. And it wasn't until that moment when I was locked up that something really, uh, transformative happened to me in my life. And, uh, after six months I got out, and I'd never been uh, like to church before other than, you know, just my experience growing up, but never really attended a Christian church and took it seriously. And um, so I didn't immediately go to church. I actually uh, went back to the streets, man. I started hanging it out, uh, hanging out on the streets again, getting drunk, getting high. And I remember um, like a few times I was back out in Oakland kicking it with some of my, uh, my homies on the streets and we were getting drunk. And it was so weird because. I was like, man, I don't even like this anymore. Uh, like every, the, the, the whole talk of the streets, whatever it was, it was just like, there was a different uh, um, taste or appetite in my, in my spirit where I, I just didn't want to be around that anymore. And there was this one time where um, I, I had this, uh, another coming to Jesus moment where it felt like God was impressing on my heart telling me that, Hey, I didn't save you out of that lifestyle to go back into that lifestyle. I saved you. I took you out of there for something else, man. And so that's when I was like, all right, God, I'm going to turn my, I, I, I'm going to leave this behind. But I was scared because mind you, like I said, I didn't, I didn't join a, uh, a little wannabe gang. I, I joined a, a very serious gang. Um, and um, I was scared for my life. I was scared for like my family's life. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, uh, if what, what's going to happen to me and um, and, and my family? And uh, if if I make this decision to walk out of this life, can I, uh, can I jump in for one second here? I'm uh, I'm a little bit confused on on the timeline. I just want to make sure that I'm like clear or where we're going. So. Obviously, you're out of out of prison already. How long did you serve, or how long? So I was in prison. I was I was in county for six months. Oh, okay. So you never, you never even you went you never went for the charge, really. 
What was that? You never, you never got put in for the charges. Then you never, you never served at San Quentin. I, for some reason, I thought you went to San Quentin. I, I, I was misunderstood. Yeah. So that was when, when I was in, when I was in county, I was preparing for San Quentin. Gotcha, that's, gotcha, gotcha. That's what I thought the, the judge was going to give me. I was looking at like five, uh, five year sentence, and uh, I ended up getting just uh, that six months in county, and then I got mm -hmm. ended up getting probation. Okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. So I thought you did some time in San Quentin. So oh, no, like, no. I was a little bit confused on the timeline. I got you now. Okay, I'm sorry. And so um, after after I had made that decision, um, I had uh, I was praying and I was like, all right, God, um, I'm I'm gonna entrust my life to you, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the streets behind. And uh, that guy that I was telling you earlier. Um, the guy that's locked up right now, I give him a call and I'm like, yo, um, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't live the life of the streets and, and follow Jesus. I can't, I can't, uh, play, uh, I can't live in both worlds. And, um, I don't know what you guys want from me, but this is the, the decision that I'm making. And, uh, man, God really answered that prayer when I said, God, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to turn my life, my, my back on the streets and, and really follow you. And uh, they said, uh, you know, I was told, like, you know, we, we respect that your decision to want to uh, to leave this life and 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 pursue faith or whatnot. And uh, but I was given a uh, disclaimer of like, if we see you with another set, uh, then uh, we know that you were just blowing smoke in our face. And um, and so ever since then, when, when after I made that phone call to my, to my friend to say, um, I, I'm leaving the, uh, the, the gang. Um, that's just, uh, I, I just been pursuing Jesus my whole life, man. Uh, ever since then, that was 2000, um, end of 2007. I've been walking with Jesus now for 16 years. So, um, uh, and, and when, when I said, when, when you interviewed you, uh, Jeff, when you interviewed me at the fight, um, I, I made that very clear. I, I um, that's why, really, why I um, I do what I do, man. I'm a very driven guy. Whatever it is, whether it's the fight game, uh, some whatever I'm pursuing, man, I just go all in. I, I'm a, uh, and 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 I I go hard in whatever it is that uh, I'm pursuing because I'm just taking full advantage, man. Because I should not be alive right now. Real talk. I I should either be dead or locked up, and and God gave me the second chance, and I, and I want people to know that um it doesn't matter like we we've all made mistakes there's so many people that that have either did uh less crap than me or even worse than me but at the end of the day you know we 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 we've all failed at life um uh, but jesus gives us a, an opportunity to to turn our life around he forgives us for our sins and he gives us a chance to to live a better life and um and so um, that, that's why I, I do what I do on, uh, uh, the, the fight game, man. Um, why I stepped in that ring. Yeah. I'm a driven guy, but, um, um, the, the opportunity to, to do that, uh, was because God's given me the ability to do that. And I want people, uh, in the streets, people that, uh, are, are, uh, feel like there's no way out, man. Like, uh, I want them to see that there, there, there are second chances are possible. And you, you don't have to just survive after you've turned your life around. You can actually thrive, man. And, um, and I, I'm thriving by God's grace in, in all that I do, whether it's, uh, it's the fight game or whatever, man. It's, it's uh, by God's grace. How you end up in Rochester? Uh, so I was uh, in, in um, three years ago, I was a, I was a, a pastor in California. And uh, I graduated from seminary, spent five years uh, uh, in, in seminary and in Bible college. And um, I, uh, after I graduated, I took this, uh, this church, this small uh, little Filipino church in, in uh, where I'm from. And I, I, after um, uh, a couple of years, I felt like I was ill-equipped. I needed to like, get more training as, as, as a pastor. And so I was looking for a position where I wasn't the lead guy more of uh, playing the supportive role to the lead pastor. And so um, I started looking for a position and uh, this uh, this church, uh, Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, uh, was looking for an associate pastor. And so that's that's uh, that's uh, that's how I ended up here. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm the associate pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel and um, I oversee kids ministry and student ministry. So from the nursery 
to 12th grade, man. Um, I, um, but I'm responsible for uh, helping them grow in their spiritual walk um, to, to, to be who God's called them to be, uh, to be. So that's how I got here. Do you help teach them martial arts there too? Get them involved? I, I want to, man. Uh, <laughs> I want to. And uh, at, uh, actually, uh, last year I had this idea of uh, I reached out to my guys at Empire uh that, that close group i was like hey you guys interested in like teaching my my uh my youth group self-defense man just uh we we love this maybe it'll it'll help them so um that that never came to fruition but uh uh yeah i actually had two of uh my students from youth group at the, at the fight um and uh it was, what's funny is before the fight they were like dennis if you get knocked out bro just know that <laughs> gonna let you live that down and I, was like, <laughs> I had a lot to, a lot of pressure from my youth group telling me like yo if you, if you get knocked out and so i tried not to get knocked out <laughs> so that, that's, that's how i ended up in rochester man oh okay that's awesome i know a, a pastor over and uh i think he's in frewsburg now uh cameron lineheart and uh, we won't be going at at the uh, grapple at the the josh country's grappling tournament Nice, nice. Oh, someone uh, gave you some props here. Nicholas Walker gave you some more props too. Hey. Yeah. So uh, the 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 other thing that you were uh, you were talking about, um, or that you asked me to talk about, like how how am I um, uh, making a difference here in the city of Rochester? Um, outside of so in in relation to to what I do at the church, like God's actually opened a door for me to to mentor inner city youth. Um, and if, uh, uh, if you guys ever like hear anything about the news, Rochester's pretty crazy, man. Like yeah. last year, um, uh, I think it was last year or the, no, uh, it was, uh, 2022, 2021, we had exceeded our, um, uh, the murder rate, murder rate uh, by like, it was like 81 or 82. And I was like, it was just insane. And, um, uh, I, uh, um. Ray, I know you had mentioned in one of your posts, like, uh, like the the Armstrong Armory. Like, I gotta get stay strapped because I live in the hood. <laughs> uh, I live in the hood too, man. I live off of Bay Street here in Rochester. It's well known for, uh, like just the 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 crime, and um, but uh, the I, I thirteen years ago, when when I was going to junior college, I, I wanted to be I wanted to work for probation, um, or juvenile hall, not probation. Because I, I felt like, you know, I have, uh, I, I've been on the streets. I want to be able, I, I feel like God can take my experience of being an at-risk youth and speak into life, uh, into, into the lives of youth that are messing up their life, letting them know, like, there's a better way. Uh, you don't have to keep going down this path. You can actually do something and make something of your life. And, um, and uh, I, I wasn't able to, to, to do that because of my record. Um, and, but the that that prayer to want to do that was actually not a no it was it was more of uh uh just wait because it wasn't until i got to rochester that god opened the door for me to to actually start doing some serious mentoring to at-risk youth um there's a uh, like to uh, uh franklin height is is one of the um uh, like really just uh uh just bad bad schools around here man uh i i went i remember going there one time to meet with a, a couple youth and I was uh, in the lunchroom. I was like, "How many? How many of you guys have ankle monitors in here, man?" Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, just uh, with uh, where the kids were at, but uh, God really opened a door uh, to to do some work with uh, with Franklin High through my connection with Youth for Christ. Um, uh, and um, just uh, the the there's one kid that um, uh, I got to I got to meet and. Um, he came to church with me today, but, um, he, this is a cool story, man. And, um, just, uh, the, the going, uh, going back full circle with, with, uh, how, how God can take our life and, and make something good out of it. Right. Um, and, uh, so I, I went to Franklin high and there was this one kid, um, that was on the run. He had, he had warrants on him, young kid. Uh, he was uh, 15 at the time. He's 16 now. And, uh, and, um, uh, uh, he, he told me, uh, I, I met him that day and he said, I, I, I want to turn my life around. I, I want to stop running. And so, um, and he was like, I, I want to turn my life. I, I want to turn myself in. 
And I said, um, and I looked at him, I was like, listen, I'm going to go with you if you really want to turn yourself in. And, uh, but here's the thing, if you do this, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, like to, to really live a straight life and turn your life on the streets, it's going to take work. But here's the thing. If you, if you decide, if you make this decision, I, I'm, uh, I'll mentor you. I'll walk with you on this journey so you don't have to do this alone. And so I met him that day for the first time. And it was a, it was like a five hour journey with this kid, man. We were in the principal's office. We called his mom We went to his house. We went to probation. We went to court uh, all in the span of like four or five hours. He ended up getting detained that day. He, he went to juvie for about a month, a uh, month and a half. And I uh, went to go visit him a couple of times and went to every one of his court hearings. And, um, and, uh, and, and right now I'm working closely with him and his probation officer on trying to uh, create a success plan for, for him to stay away from the streets. Um, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was actually at the mayor's office uh, here in Rochester and uh, trying to figure out ways with uh, a few other uh, clergy or, or pastors in the area on how we can mitigate the crime here in Rochester. How can the church come alongside with at-risk youth? And um, and so um, I'm working closely with uh, with them right now to try to get this young man a summer job um, so that he can keep him, himself busy, not stay on the street, especially in the summer, right? With, with school being out. Um, there's another kid that I'm working closely with, same thing. Uh, he, he's going through a uh, 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 court hearings right now, attending every one of his court hearings and um, just being there for these kids, man. And, and one thing that I tell them over and over is that um, your life matters and that uh, you, you can make something of yourself, man, because these kids, when you get to know them, uh, yeah, they've made mistakes and, and they're in the streets, but man, they have so much potential. Uh, and, and they're just not harnessing that potential or the gifts that God's given them, man. They're they're they're, they're taking all that positive uh, or the, the, those gifts, the energies uh, that that they have, and they're they're pouring it into the streets. And if they would just harness that, uh, the gifts that God's given them in uh, uh, for in a positive light in the right direction, man. Um, I tell them that that uh, they can be uh, just uh, great uh, uh, avenues or means of change in our community. And, um, and so, um, it, it's been great, man. I hope that I, I can continue to do this, uh, for however long I'm, I'm here in Rochester, man. Is there an exit plan for you or do you plan to be here for a while? Uh, dude, I, I don't have an ex exit plan right now because me and my wife love Rochester, bro. <laughs> um, see, we just, we, we've been here for three years uh, we love the community. Uh, it went from loving the city of Rochester to loving the people of Rochester. Um, and, um, we have no plans of leaving anytime soon. We want to, uh, we, we see Rochester as a, as a home that we, we can actually plant roots in with all the crap that goes on in Rochester, all the crime that you hear about in the news, Rochester really is a beautiful place, man. It's got great history and it's got great people. And so, uh, we, we want to, we want to plant roots, um, and, and just to solidify that we're really committed to Rochester last year, one of my friends. Uh, my first pastor, he moved back to Tampa and uh, and he called me and he he offered me a job. He was like, hey, uh, I'm looking for a new youth pastor. And within five seconds, I said, Steve, I, I can't take that offer, man. Um, and and I, I just said, me and my wife just love the city of Rochester. We're not leaving anytime soon. We're, uh, we're we're just we're just really committed, man. And so, um yeah, no exit plan, Jeff. We we love Rochester. Uh, we love uh, the community. And bro, I, I just can't leave. I I, I just can't leave this. Gym. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I love my gym too. Just, uh, the yeah, you are committed, man. <laughs> you are committed, Tampa. You can see the K4K <laughs> two more times, man. That'd be good. I love it, man. I just uh um uh, I asked my uh I saw the the the, the August fifth card. And I uh, asked my coach if I, I, I could get on that card, and he gave me the thumbs up. And so I'm um, hoping to get back in the cage. And, um, yeah, dude, inspire more people. Not not just to fight, but like like I said, man, um, I, I, I'm passionate about fighting. But uh, I, I, I so long as I'm alive, man, I just want to inspire people. Um, I, I told uh, – I posted something the other day too, like just uh, befriended my opponent, you know, nothing but respect uh, for him. 
And because uh, my coaches, Coach uh, Chris Herzog and and uh, Wally McDonald, man, just love how they're true martial artists. Herzog's um, a man. Uh, the, I, yeah, dude, he he's dope, man. Uh, I think he's somebody said I got uh uh don't don't quote me on this or, or I don't know if it's official yet, but like he's he's supposed to be going to uh, L.A. to like be inducted into the Hall of Fame for Tenth Planet or something like that. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, he's uh he he's legit, man, and these guys. Uh, they, they teach us not just to be fighters, man. They, they teach us to, to really be awesome human beings, be disciplined martial artists ourselves. That's why I appreciate um, being under them and, and being coached by them, being mentored by them. Guys are super legit over there. Herzog's guys are always really good. I'm super yeah. impressed by the, the temp yeah. plant down there. Coach Wally's actually, uh, he works for the sheriff's department. So when, when I go to the uh, to uh, family court to uh, for for some of the guys that I'm mentoring, I'll see him there sometimes, uh, or his wife because they both work for the sheriff's department. And it's just it's just so cool that that whole atmosphere, man. The whole coaching staff, uh, Coach Rodney's our combat conditioning coach, um, and uh, Nick uh, Chris Muir, our uh, one of our assistant coaches. They're, they're just the uh, the whole staff out there, man. Just like really amazing people. I love it. I love the sound of that, man. And hopefully we get you back in the cage for K4. Like you have a great story and uh, I'm really glad I, I have a platform that I can at least let you speak about it. Um, it's important to me that we, we give people good stories every now and then. Like we spend a lot of time talking a bunch of bullshit about like other fights and we'll probably do that as soon as we hang up with you. Get ready to talk some, <laughs> some more shit. But um, to me, like I, I want to bring light to like these stories that people don't see and like everyone that fights is a person and everyone's got a different story and we all do it for different reasons. And like, we can be a community and really help people too. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate the, the opportunity to, uh, to be on your podcast. I think it's mm -hmm. really cool, uh, privilege to, to be able to do this, man. As soon as, uh, you asked me that, man, I was like, I was shocked. I tell people here all the time. I was like, yo, like they asked me to share my story. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so I, I definitely appreciate that. I feel, I felt the love. Um, and, and, uh, as soon as I got out the cage, Ben was down there, um, uh, to, to greet me and, uh, just, uh, all around dude, the, the whole promotion, uh, just, uh, how you guys treat, um, your, uh, your fighters. It's, uh, you, you guys are just, uh, you guys are just going to keep, uh, climbing, man. It, it, it's just amazing. I got uh so like I'm gonna segue out from like podcast host to uh, like gym owner, and uh, do you think that people need to have like a group? So like you talked about how you got into the game because you wanted that like loving and tight knit family, and now you're in another tight knit family and and uh, uh like and being a priest or not priest but a pastor, and uh, you're also I'm sorry I didn't mean to misspeak, and also uh, you you like your tightness with uh your your gyms right and. I try and make my gym a family. Uh, I want people to have a place to go uh, to get away from life sometimes. Sometimes, like, I have, like, high-level athletes, and we, we're a small gym with huge goals. But one of my goals is that uh, everyone has a place to come to, and we can speak with each other and, like, help each other. And uh, I want to make that at my gym at all times, that integrity over there over there in the corner, up, up next to Ray's face there. But I think uh, as a pastor, you can speak more to this than me. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, everybody like that's that's uh, uh, somebody wrote family. Yo, it's uh, it's it, I think that, that that's important, man, um, that that community aspect um, and, and uh, in the gym, uh, whatever, like wherever it's at, man, uh, it's uh, that's God's created us to, to be a community, man. He, he, we're not intended to be uh, an island on our, uh, uh, on our own, man. And, uh, uh, we're, we're, um, we see all the, the, the challenges that we face in the world today. There's so much division going on. That's not how God created this, the, the world to be, how human, uh, how humanity is supposed to operate. So whether in church, whether in the gym, MMA gym, a fight gym, whatever, um, I, I, th I think that having, uh, uh, like you said, well, I'm going to speak to your context as, as a gym owner. Um, I, I think that it's important, man, uh, to to have that uh, that environment where people feel welcomed and uh, and I think that that people thrive more off of that. Case in point, I was just talking to one of my friends. He's going to be fighting uh, hopefully for for uh, Gladius in, in June, and um, 
Uh, and he, he moved, he, he does motocrossing. His main passion is motocross. So he went back to, uh, or not went back, but he moved to California so that he can do that seriously. And, uh, he was looking for, he, we, in the locker room the other day, he said, um, I was like, yo, Johnny, you probably never going back to California, man. seems like you're committed back to Rochester. And he said, bro, I, I feel like I, um, I, I want to stay here because the, the, the gym, the, the atmosphere at empire he's, he's, he's went to a few gyms while he was in, in Southern California, some were pros fighting everything, but he said, I, I, I don't have, I never found what we have here at empire, the community of uh, guys where we do life together in the gym and outside of the gym. And, um, and so I think that, that people thrive more off of that, man, where, um, where guys are, um, like I just love the atmosphere where, um, where, uh, Malik, he, he, uh, he, he fought on, on, on the K4 card, right. Um, uh, um, he, uh, these, uh, these guys, when I first started sparring, man, and these guys are high level athletes, whether it's Liam Anderson, uh, Malik, or, or some of the other guys that have been in the fight game for, for a while. When I first started sparring, I was so nervous. I was like, man, these guys are like high level. They're going to beat me up. But in the middle of sparring, they would te- they would coach me on how to beat them. Or, uh, and I'm like, what's going on here? You guys are <laughs> giving me the strategy to, to, to get in on you, to get to, to hit your face or whatever. Um, but I remember him saying one time, one team, one dream. And I love that, bro. Just the, the, where, um, my experience at empire, uh, there, there's, there may be a few guys here and there that have like a, a big ego trip of, of trying to make it to the top or, uh, or just, uh, uh, trying to, uh, beat people up or whatever. It's all about them. That That's very, my experience at empire. It's very, uh, rare that I've, I've run into people like that. Uh, primarily though, there's been just this genuine desire to want to see other people, uh, elevate. And, and, and I think when you have that atmosphere where everybody wants to see, uh, your teammates succeed, it just makes for a better community, man. Where, um, uh, and, uh, and so I think, I think it's super important to have that familial community aspect in, in the gym, man. Hey, uh, Dennis, do you think uh, schools should be teaching martial arts? Do I? I, I think so. Kids? I, I think that it would be great if they if they brought in jujitsu or Muay Thai in, in, in schools, man. And, and and the reason being is because it's uh, discipline is a big aspect of the fight game, right? right? Um, when 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 you're sparring, like you uh, if uh, you either. Uh, when, when you start taking a lot of hits or whatnot, like, or, and your emotions start taking over, um, are you going to be, you got to learn how to actually control your emotions, not be driven by rage or anger, but still be disciplined to, to actually be in the game. And, uh, and so I think that translates into life, you know, these kids, what, what they experience. Um, and I think that the fight game for them can, um, uh, 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 and being uh, learning discipline, learning martial arts uh, is can be super helpful in 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 um, in teaching them skills, not just to defend themselves, but uh, to to actually live life, man. So, um, yeah, for sure. Either that, um, or I have, I, like I said, I'm I'm a very driven guy. Um, I, I have a, a vision right now. I don't know if, if it's ever going to come to fruition, but like to, to even come up with, uh, to maybe start a program, uh, with, with the city to where if they can, uh, uh, have a grant available for, for kids that can't afford right. to, go to, to go to gyms, right? Because it's not cheap. Right. And you as yep. a gym owner know you got to pay the bills as well. Right. But if, if there could be a, a possibility for a grant available for, for kids that want to, uh, to get into the fight game and to, to learn discipline to where they can have their memberships paid for by, uh, by, by the city or by a grant man. Um, to, cause it, it's just, it's not, it, it's going to benefit them, the city, uh, and, uh, and just, uh, our community as a whole, man. So I would um, love to do that myself. I wish I could find some way to hook up with someone that wants to do that in the city. Cause Niagara Falls, not the best place in the world either. And, uh, yeah. I think we can help hey. people too. Yeah. Dennis, I might know somebody, so I would definitely inbox you that person oh, that works yeah. in the city of Rochester. So 
let's make it let's make it happen man i'd, I'd love to I, um this is something I, i'm definitely praying about um because it's just done wonders for me man um it, it's it's helped me in my 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 own life um uh and my mental health uh being a like here's the thing dude being a path people ask me like dude you like why do you like go do the fight game like dude i it, being in the gym for me helps my mental health man because I, I i work with people all the time and i need to find a way to 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 take care of my uh my own mental health and my own uh spiritual health and, and being in the gym helps that man so no yeah. yeah. uh, for sure there's no way I can make it through my day if I didn't get to beat someone up at least once a day. <laughs> I mean, Jared box on lunch, so we, we do it twice a day. We get two days in. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time, Dennis. I appreciate you. I'm so happy you came on the podcast to uh, let us get your story out there a little bit. Uh, it'll be on Facebook the whole time. It should go to YouTube. We'll figure out how this thing works. We'll make sure it gets posted. Uh, sorry we lost the first uh, couple minutes. But uh, we 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 reviewed it anyway. So um, uh, anything you got to say in closing? Anyone to thank? Um, dude, I, I want to thank. Um, there's so many people to thank, man. Um, all the people that it, have invested me uh, back in California. If you guys are watching this, thank mm -hmm. you for pouring to me, uh, believing in me. Uh, my wife, my uh, family, my teammates, my church here, um, and and you guys, dude. I, I like it, it. Sounds like I'm just. I, I know I'm like. Uh, over and over, um, uh, but uh, definitely uh, appreciate the the K four promotion. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and just the, the, this opportunity for me to, to share my story, man. Uh, it's uh, it's it says a lot about you guys uh, as as people as a promotion, um, and um, so I, I thank you guys for for, for this opportunity, man. Um, and uh, like like I said uh, when you interviewed me, uh, Jeff, dude, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, if you have friends out there, if you, if you yourself struggle, find yourself struggling with addiction, with whatever, what, whatever issue, man, depression, um, man, Jesus has, has uh, turned my life around. I know that he can do the same for you. And, um, man, there's forgiveness of sins, man. And Jesus Christ, he paid for it on the cross. He can turn your life around. He turned my life around. And, um, and so, uh, that, that's, that's really my final word, man. And thank you so much, Jeff. I, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I, I just, uh, can't uh, say enough how, uh, how thankful I am. And, and Ray, it's been, it's been a pleasure getting to know you guys. I know that uh, in, in the next few months and, and the years coming along, just, I appreciate that we've, we've been able to connect, man. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely could relate to you. I definitely could relate. Ray's always in jail. That's why he can relate to you. <laughs> Ray spent some time in the past, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll make sure that I hook up with you again. And uh, I'll try and send you Cameron stuff. Maybe you guys can hook up and we can all get together and do something too. He's a black belt, so I'm sure we can all get together and train pretty hard. Sounds good, man. All right. Talk to you later, man. How are you guys? Peace. Oh, hey. how do you say your last name? I was going to shout you out, but... uh. Yo, I, I don't want to fuck mess up your name. No, say it, man. Because I think well, when you said it after the fight, bro, I was like, <laughs> I, actually, I practiced it and I don't remember, yeah. dude. I'm sorry. It's it's, uh, it's opalentissimo. It's phonetic. It's just like it's spelled. Opalentissimo. Opalentissimo. There you go. Opalentissimo. Thank you, Dennis. Opalentissimo. Let's go. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Right. Have a good evening, man. Love you guys. God bless. God bless. Peace. 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 All right, Ray, back to just us. Oh, yeah. Caveman yeah. Corner. <laughs> I uh, I got drinking. I'm sorry I was a little late. Yeah, I was eating a taco. I, I thought to make it in time. <laughs> I had the Mexican music all queued up, ready to go. You weren't here for it. I'm, uh, I'm very disappointed by you. Uh, see, listen. Can you hear it? <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then and then like I noticed like <laughs> we wasn't live, so I had to click on it. <laughs> oh, you had to click on it? That's what happened. <laughs> oh I'm glad you did I it. I clicked on it. I was like, Thank wait you. a minute, are we are we live? And I was trying to look. I looked on my phone on Facebook and I was like, no, we're not. It did the counter. So I, I, clicked on the, I clicked on the it did that 30 second counter. I thought that meant we were live. Now, now we know. <laughs> So technical fault on my end, of course. 
Ray, Ray saved the show. If we didn't have Ray, we would have never been live. So it's good he jumped in there. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That, that guy is, man, he, he, Dennis is a great guy. Um, you know, he's full of, he's positive, and uh, I'm glad he's working with the kids in Rochester. Yeah, I'm glad he brought some positivity to a podcast because you uh, yeah. will bring it down. I got two things. Number one, I think I have a great drinking game for everybody in this world. We can listen to this podcast, and every time you hear the word Jesus, take a shot. <laughs> see how messed up you are. See if you make it to the end. <laughs> that looks Please, like drinking on this like bar. this video and subscribe on Facebook. Yes, right, on uh, YouTube and uh, like yeah. our um, page on our Facebook. Mm -hmm. I uh, I got one more thing. I'm I'm sorry. I got like ten thousand messages that come through during uh during our yeah. podcast, like always. Um, what do you think about the seven six five stuff? Like uh, they've been calling you out. You guys have been going at it a little bit. I uh, I can't. Uh, we can't do one of these and not talk about it real quick. Okay. Uh, well, I think about them. Uh, you know, they unprofessional, right? Can't do, can't get the blood work done. Uh, wing worms don't clean their mats. <laughs> so they, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta leave the homeless shelter and they get a real gym. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I want to say. Like I'm here, I gotta think about what I want to say very carefully right now. Um, so, uh, they've been going at it and you've been going at it. How much of that is... How much of that was real? How much was that you trying to help sell them and sell, sell the fight for K4? Oh, it's real. I don't it, it's real now? Yeah, it wasn't real, real at first, right? What's that? It wasn't real at first, was it? Oh, it was always real. Was it real? Yeah. Man, I thought you were just trying to help out and sell the show. No, it was real. <laughs> Yo, the, the show did sold out. Yeah. You know, it was all it was a big hype, but they again, you know, unprofessional. Blood work yeah. wasn't done right. Ringworms for not cleaning their on uh, training mat. Come on. You gotta yeah. be professional. <laughs> I don't want to uh, platform them too much longer because now it's like kind of a nuisance really. But um I believe that they're all tough guys, right? Like they all come out to fight and they're all super super I don't know. I don't know if super tough's the right word, but they're all aggressive and they're all tough. But um they, they kind of remind me of Joey Morrison and uh Gearhart. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I respect them for coming in the cage. You gotta respect anybody to come in the cage to get beat up, you know. I think they got more fight than Gearhart and they got more fight than Joey Morrison. Like those guys are like kind of quitters, really. Like they yeah. come out, give you their best shot, and then just quit. Um, these guys don't quit, but they're going to get shut off over and over again. They're more like, uh, I don't know, uh, some guys that just come in and lose every time. Like, Yeah, they got to they gotta work on their craft for sure. And uh, They got to work on their jiu-jitsu. They got to work on their takedown defense. Uh, you know, they just got to, in my opinion, they got to, they need some real um, coaches. I think they, yeah, they, they can do that or they can. Realize the level that they're on and fight uh, comparable opponents, right? right? Like, they shouldn't be calling out guys like DeMonte Wilson and guys that are going to become <laughs> legendary. Oh, no. man, I, I saw mean, that like, post. Caveman, when I saw that post, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I feel like it's almost our job to, like, to help them. Guide them. You know, like, this is like a, a heartfelt, this is not like, I'm not trying to trash you guys. Like we spent a lot of time like making fun of 765 and like, to me, like it was just a thing to, to help show, sell the show. And like, you know, I, I let you train at the gym Skyler and like, I think you're a great guy, but man, there's like levels to this game. And I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I want to make sure that we're fighting um, like comparable opponents. No one shouldn't even match you up with the guy. That's not really a fair matchup. If you think you're going to, Get him on the ground, you're really mistaken. The Niagara top two guys are good everywhere. Um, I don't know, I don't want to like spend too much time on this, but uh, I wanted to make sure that I, I said this and it's heartfelt. And like, I, I want the best for you, and I hope you come train when you come back up. I will help you accomplish your goals, but like, we have to set realistic goals. Uh, that's all I really got. Ray likes to like talk more shit than me. 
Yeah, you know, um, they should come to Buffalo and, um, you know, make sure they wash up pretty good before they roll in the mats. Yeah. But, you know, um, get some lessons from the caveman. Yeah, uh, I can help them, and I'd like to help them. Uh, yeah. I think me and Skyler have a good rapport. I uh, I like him. He's a good, strong kid. He's tough, wants to work hard. Uh, Dorian, yeah. I've been talking with, too. Uh, Dor- yeah, Dorian. Uh, and, and, go ahead. I'm going to say they are tough. Yeah. I, get, I get them that. They are tough. They come to fight. But my thing with them is the professional, you know, you know, they just need a real gym, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They need uh, real trainers. Not no kung fu monkey style kung fu guy. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek would have Tyreek would have made a good fight there. And then uh, last thing, man, that load and load and load guy, like, man, you gotta chill a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about people's family, like, there's shit you talk about. Like, I'll talk shit about people, but I'm not. I won't really make fun of your family ever. And uh, like, that's not okay. Right. Uh. But him, you know, um, when I was talking to him, he just sounded like he's like a 12-year-old kid, you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> just uh, response, you know, it was like a little kid, like, yeah, he's slow. He's a, you know, he's got to be over 21. He's slow. But uh, don't don't forget, Ray was on their podcast. Go watch the podcast with Ray. Yeah. You know, like, even the, the 764 and a half crew, they had to, like, do the podcast twice, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. They could, nobody on Facebook could have hear us. No, it, was, it was bad. All right. Uh, we're about out of here. What's uh, next show, Ray? Uh, I'm working on some stuff. Uh, I don't know yet, but I got set, I'm setting some. Um, um, one show, uh, I'm going to get a world class boxer. Some. Uh, World champion boxers. I'm gonna have them on the show. Do a uh, talk about boxing. Nice. Uh, when they get some uh, jujitsu black belts on here, uh, you know, get some more pro fighters. Um, get some more UFC fighters. We we coming back better and stronger now. Yeah, you know? we should be getting Joe Taylor, right? Joe Taylor. Joe Taylor. Oh yeah, Joe Taylor. We'll go get Joe Taylor. He's got a uh, a world kickboxing K1 fight coming up. Yep, in Lockport, June. I forgot the date. I'm sorry. I think it's June 5th. June 5th, first weekend in June. Make sure you check that show out. It's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to be off the chain, man. Any, any fight that Joe Taylor puts together is a great show. Oh, yeah. And then uh, eventually we'll, we'll be getting a bunch of people on here. I want to. We're going to start shooting uh, podcasts from the gym, too. So we're going to roll with the guy and then interview you guys at the gym. So anyone that wants to jump in for one of those, let me know. Uh, Cedric Ortiz from Southtown's MMA came in today. We had to fly out. Uh, eventually, I'd like to shoot. I'll uh, probably do a podcast with him at the gym, but it won't be posted live like this. Okay, yeah. Uh, hey, man, Corner's back, baby. We're back. We're back we're with back. love. We'll be here at eight o'clock every Sunday. I want to. I want to get uh, David Feldman back too. Yeah, you should get Feldman on so we can get some <laughs> cheap and And invite uh, ben. Feldman, not Ben Green. <laughs> Ben'll hate you forever. He hates that. He hates Ben. <laughs> Ben hates uh, David Feldman. Ben hates everybody. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you. Uh, If you can't get Coleman, too, we'll try and do a non-drunk Mark Coleman one, too. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, that would be good. (laughs) Yep. Now that he's sober. He's sober now. He's looking good now, you know? Dude, it would be another great story. I want to try and make good stories because I I think people like to hear good things. Except for Jerry. We got to hear horrible things. yeah. All right, man. We're out. Peace out. K-Man's Corner loves you.